Every Thursday night at 7, live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka. Come on, guys. Let me take over. And Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer. Let's give it up for Dion Jordan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dion, it's awesome to see you. The, the thing I enjoyed the most is that Paul and I both played like in the last century. And when you were san- standing next to Paul, I, I like that he made you, you made him look like a little kid. <laughs> I didn't do an that. An old kid. Yeah. Yeah, and an old kid. Man, thanks for joining us tonight. How, how much fun are you having, man? We were just kind of talking off the air about, I, I saw Bradley McDougald after the game outside the locker room and just smiling faces. And it just seems like this is a happy team. Yeah, 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 man. Um, I've been saying for a while, this is a, a, a group here who has a, a lot of grit, you know, a lot of grit. You know, we uh, had a lot of turnover, you know, in our locker room. But uh, from from day one, since OTAs, since everybody just wanted to come up and, and, and prove, you know, to each other, you know, what they can do or what they want to do. And uh, for us, it started quick. I think it was because of the road games. We bonded really well and... Uh, we understand what we want to do, and we all focus on that, that one goal. Yeah, so Detroit, the Oakland game, uh, this Carolina game, I and mean, there's nothing like winning on the road, right? Not at all. It's so much fun. So yeah. much fun. Yeah. yeah, four and three on the road. And I always tell people, I go, you went on the road. It means you're a good football team. It's hard to, uh, to win on the road. It is the, the happiness or the attitude or whatever the change is from last year, uh-huh. is it purely about winning or is it it's something else? I think it is all about winning. It is all about winning. Um, we all understand why the guys from uh, last year or years before, why you know they got the notoriety and uh, all the accomplishments they have, and it was because they were successful. You know, we want to be successful as well and uh, move on to do great things in our career. So uh, the formula hasn't changed, and we just follow in place. So, Dion, you went to high school in, at Chandler High School, right? In yes, sir. Glendale, Arizona. Chandler. And Chandler, then, Arizona. oh, we got <laughs> we, some. Uh, we end up Chandler. There we go. Glendale. <laughs> Apparently, they were at your games, your high school games. So. Yeah. And then you're recruited. You, you end up going to Oregon. But tell us about the recruiting process. Where all, what were the other choices that you had? Yeah, so I had, uh, what I had, 12, 13 offers I had. Um, but a majority of my, my offers were West Coast schools. You know, um, for myself, I, I wanted to stay West Coast, but I wanted to get away, you know, as far as I can away from home or kind of get out the heat, you know. And uh, for myself, going to the University of Oregon, uh, it, it was huge. And the main reason I, I say it was because uh, the way the coaching staff kind of stuck behind me after my little burn incident I had uh, my senior year coming out, you know, and it just kind of felt like home. I wanted to go and you know, enjoy myself and play big-time football in Nazi Stadium. Wow, man. Did you play big-time football or what? I mean, I'm going through here. It's impressive. Yeah, a Rose Bowl loss to Ohio State, 2009. We won't talk about that. National championship loss to Auburn. Stop talking about that. Hey, at least you're in it, man. (laughs) Hey, at least you're in it. And then you get this awesome Rose Bowl win over Wisconsin. And quarterback Russell Wilson, do you talk some noise to him about that? No, I don't. I let him have it, man. I got to let three focus on, you know, what he needs to. Do do you remember, though, playing against him? I mean, you know, he'd only been there one year. But what were, yeah. your, what were your thoughts going up against him back then? We were more focused on stopping the running game. They had an amazing running back, uh, Monty Ball, and I think he had a backup who was really well, good as well. Um, I just remember when, once I got out there, I, I 
as the game went on, it was a really good game. I we realized how tough this dude was. It was like we were hitting him all the time. He kept getting up, and then he kept making passes. It was like, man, what do we got to do? You know, and it came down to you know eventually one play. But and I came here, and he shows the same thing. A couple months ago on the Pac-12 Network, they they played that game, and I yeah. go, oh, there's Russell. There, there's the. You know, it is weird to see the guys. You know, back then. So yeah, yeah that was it. Was a great game, and yeah. it, it, and. Russell plays the same way. And he does. He it's does. crazy. And that's the, the, the thing uh, that I was surprised to see about him, man. This guy, he, uh, he has a spirit about him, you know, and it rubs off on us, uh, you know, as a, as a team. You know, the, like, like I just talked about, you know, the grit, the want to, you know, uh, the, the why not you type of mentality that Russell has. You know, he kind of helps us, you know, stay focused and move towards it as well. And then your senior year, you, Fiesta Bowl, you went over Kansas State. Do you talk noise to Tyler Lockett about that? Not anymore. You didn't nah. do that? No. Right. <laughs> no. Nah. Well, you know, I want to talk to you about this. So um, I'm not a huge fan of Cam Newton, so we won't, we won't talk about that. Yeah, because he beat you. Yeah, he did. He was a national champion, so we hate him, yeah, right? No. And, and, but I, I, not so much about his attitude, but Russell's attitude. You just mentioned it, man. It, and I think a lot of people think that it's manufactured. But it's not, right? I mean, and I felt like you guys, your, the spirit that you talked about that helped you win that game. Like, Russell could be down by four touchdowns, and he always thinks he's going to win. Is that, that seems like the culture of this team that you're playing on right now. It is. It really is, man. We all want to do great things, you know, individually and as a team. You know, uh, I think here the thing is, you know, they won it because the guys were so how, how close it how closely knit the guys were, uh, you know, and that's just what it is, you know, and Russ, you know, being one of the guys to, to uh, kind of be at the forefront of that and still be here, it's awesome. And you talked about grit, and so everybody gets it from a different place, right? And so I had to overcome a, a bad knee surgery from college. You know, I, th- I felt like that, that helped me. You got drafted third overall, and the first part of your career – did go well, you, right. and, and you've talked, and this is what I love about you, you, very candidly talk about, you know, the mistakes you made, how you fixed it, and that's really all that matters, right, yeah. is how, and that you've said this many times, how you overcome those things, and talk about how much that makes you appreciate things and how much it helps you as a player now, having gone through some adversity. Yeah, it helps out a lot, you know, uh, for myself, the only thing I've wanted to do for a very, very long time in my career was make it to, you know, the professional level and play big-time ball here. Um, and it was taken away from me because, you know, a lot of things, my immaturity and uh, me just not staying focused on my goal, the goal, you know. Uh, and uh, that's just what it was. I, I had to take full responsibility for my mistakes that I, that I did to uh, impact the organization that I was with at the time and uh, my friends and my family, which was the worst for me. Uh, so now that I have it and, and, and coming back here, I think coming here, uh, signing here last year was, a, was was huge for me because the guys, a lot of the guys are still here. You know, I got a chance to sit in the meeting rooms with Michael Bennett and Cliff Aver. Like these dudes are really good pass rushers, you know. For myself, it was I needed that. I needed to see, you know, I needed to see Earl. I needed to see... Cam Chancellor, I need to see, you know, Richard Sherman uh, coming off of uh, where I was. And uh, it just kind of put the spirit back into me, you know, to the bounce, you know, that we talk about. You know, it put it back into me to stay focused on the goal and, you know, do all the great things that, you know, the, the great Lord uh, 
has planned for me. Well, and you, you did an awesome job with it, and you've been a great example for, for everybody. The other thing that was cool about that, one of your first games back, maybe it was your first game back, Arizona? Yeah. yeah. Arizona, you get like a bull rush sack. It was yeah, like yeah. one of the most awesome sacks, and your family was down there to see it. How <laughs> it cool was that? It was dope, man. It was really dope. My, my grandmother, my mother, all my friends, you know, my buddies. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, and I think it was just a tribute to the, a lot of the hard work, you know, a lot of ups and downs. But, you know, the way it turned out, you know, how that played out, it, you know, could have been any better. Been you know, third pick, you know, from Miami, which says a lot about your upside. And I, I remember last year when you, you got to Seattle, the first time I saw you, I go, wow. You know, I mean, and, and I, I said my first time I was like, wow, what an athlete, which diminishes you. It, it, I said, wow, what a phenomenal player. The only thing that's keeping you is, is injuries. So yeah. talk to me about you now. How's your health? How you feeling? Where are you right now in your career? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know, I had to uh, deal with a, a little bumps at the beginning of the season coming in, which was, which was a, a, a bummer, you know, for myself because I felt like I, I ended the season really well and I wanted to – um, the off-season training and everything with the right mindset, but uh, things didn't go out the way I planned. <laughs> I had it all planned, so you know, I just continued to work hard to get myself to game one, you know, and I got there and I got out there, and I've, I'm still to this day, I'm, I'm working hard at practice to improve my craft and continue to work on my body, you know, so I can uh, get out there and attack quarterbacks, you know, for however many years I, I plan on playing. Well, we hope it's another 15 or 20, my man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I always tell 15. players this. It's no good on the outside. No. <laughs> yeah. I like you're having a lot of fun here, man. Next thing you know, you'll be sitting here like us old men here. <laughs> but uh, how about Pete Carroll, and how much did that, because you, you had a, probably a choice of different places that you could have gone, yeah. and it seems like for a guy like you, and he loves grit. Mm-hmm. He loves, you know, guys that, and it's not like he necessarily goes and looks for somebody who had an injury or something go wrong or whatever, but he loves the guys that overcome that. And how much uh, did that have to do with you coming here to Seattle? Yeah, that was, a, that was definitely a part of it. Uh, easy, you know, line of communication between the two of us. You know, he wanted to see me do well uh, as an individual, and he want to create that type of environment for all of his players so where they can be themselves and be, be you know, be better human beings, you know. Uh, and also, you know, the way he, he is every day when it comes to his football, you know, and the style of ball that he wants to be played, uh, I couldn't pass it down, man. It was just so much fun to see, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, it's kind of cool because Pete, probably the most sort of progressive coach in the league, and he's the oldest coach in the league. Yeah. And uh, it's got to be a lot of fun. And we hear every Monday after games, you guys, uh, you're shooting baskets in there. Yeah. And you ever been around a coach like this? I was my, this is my first time. You know, I was with uh, Chip for a minute uh, at the college level. He was, he was kind of the same way, but not to the level of, of Coach Pete, man. We have a lot of fun. Uh, it's very lax. And, uh, you know, guys kind of just beat themselves, and it's, it's, it's fun that way. You guys, they brought, when Gold State played here, they brought in Kevin Durant yeah. and stuff. Tell, one, talk about that, because that was pretty cool. I saw the you know a tweet out on that, and it was a cool video. But maybe the craziest or the coolest thing you think Pete's done, either brought in a speaker or just something he's done that surprised you? Uh, in the two years I've been here, I think the the best probably was that we got a chance to see Allen Iverson and uh, – you know, and, uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, an ice cube for the the big three. 
that was really and we got to see Allen Iverson throw a football. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know he was a good quarterback back in the day. So I think that was so fun. That was pretty so I'm I'm a, did maybe Tyler Lockett, that's where the thought that was process. Huge too. That was huge too. You know, Tyler beat two great, great basketball players and not only did they beat him, uh Coach Pete went up there and beat uh Coach Kerr. Come on. As well. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I only Kirk. reason why I say that is because I'm a Laker fan, so <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. We can beat up on Golden State right now. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about that, that Coach Carroll beat Coach Kerr, right. who Steve Kerr could oh shoot a little God. bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. And then who did Tyler beat? Oh, he beat uh, uh, Kevin, Clay, Durant. Kevin Durant and Clay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty it's awesome. It's a good basketball team yeah. that we've got here in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Even though we don't have one, but we could. <laughs> Hey, can uh, you play? Why not champion that? I'm, I'm assuming you play because every bas- I used to. I every used to. guy in the NFL, you know, we all think we can play basketball. Of course, I think we all started off that way and realized, you know, it's you got the, the fundamentals are a little different, man. They're a little different. You didn't think you were a good basketball. Player. Now I was a baseball player. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I know that for a fact. I could shoot. I've seen him play. <laughs> could D up a little. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about for, for the rest of uh, of the season? Talk about being a player first of all before you answer that, Dion. How it's funny when you talk to players, and Paul and I remember it was you know long time ago. I remember better long, than he does. Long, long time ago, but lots of hits to the head. Yeah, <laughs> and but one of the things that players are so focused on, like you, you don't really know like the stats, and not necessarily even the record, because you're just looking at the team, and you know like a team like San Francisco, you look at them. You know, you don't know all the stats probably that we're looking at. I mean, like they're two and nine, yeah. but when you look at them on film. That's a pretty good team, right? Yeah, they play hard. They play hard last year as well. You know, we played two pretty tough games against them. Uh, they have talent over there on that side. Uh, we understand it's because of the injuries, but uh, we got to come out and prepare and play them just as much, just as important and big as anybody else. You know, the, the way I think we see it is uh, every game matters. You know, every game is a big game. You know, I think we're excited. We're really excited to be back home. You know, to play football here and, and, and see Lincoln. You know, those those are the things that are more important. You know, coming out and playing uh, the type of ball that we need to to advance. One of the things that uh, on the downside, teams been hitting you with the run a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I, I sit there and watch it, and I try not to ever point fingers because I'm not in the meetings. I don't know whose right. gap is what or whatever. What do you think needs to get get done in order to just fix? that part of the game uh, we just got to make plays i feel like when it comes to stopping a run you know it's just it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of little things you know people have to be where they need to and stuff like that but i, I honestly feel like it's just a mentality you know we got to just let them know that this part of the game is not going to be accepted you know <laughs> here tonight uh and that's it uh See, that's how I see it. Personally. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see you guys getting blown off the ball. And, you, I mean, you guys are – it looks like – you. Just, look, we all made mistakes when we played, and yeah. that's that's kind of what's going on. But, man, you guys defensively, it just I, – I feel like you can pretty much hang with, with anybody because yeah. you got guys that step up and make plays. And that was the case last week. I think the, you held them to three for eight, I think you're, uh, on third down, 0 for two on fourth down. They were only three for seven in the red zone. That's huge. You, you made you made plays when when you needed to. We did. We we really did. And it was it was. It's we don't like to to make it that way. You know, we wish we could stop them before. You know, but <laughs> right. uh, we got to do. You got to do what you have to do. You know, those those type of plays go happen. You know, in the course of the season, and 
you know, we found out that we have the capability to, to make them. Make them. I'm going to take you back to your high school days. Your uh-huh. junior year, uh, 54 catches, a little over 800 yards. Um, and, you know, now you're, you're on the defensive side of George Fant. They're playing him a little bit of tight end. You, you elbow Coach Carroll that, hey, put me in. I've got some hands. You know what? I turned that over. I'm, I'm okay. I like rushing the quarterback <laughs> instead of catching the pass. All right, so you'd rather you'd rather sack somebody than, than score a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of put that one in the past. I, I caught a lot of uh, like uh, two point conversions and stuff at the collegiate level. That was good enough for me. Yeah. You guys had a heck of a run at, at Oregon, and I was looking obviously the Forty Nine ers. There's a huge Northwest tie. Some yeah. some former players, but you know you played with uh, Armstead, who's you know a phenomenal player too. You know he's only got three sacks right now, but. Yeah. Boy, you, he's the guy you want to go out on the coin flip because he's he's an imposing guy. T- talk about him and, and some of his skill sets. Oh my goodness, he's when it comes to talent, uh, Eric is one of those dudes who it, it's all over the place. The guy played college, he played basketball at college as well as football. He did both. That's how good he was, how athletic the kid is. Uh, and you know, when it comes to to football, you know, with him, his size uh, and playing on the edge, uh, it, it, it's, it's just can't wait to see, you know, how, how it pans out, you know, for himself. You know, it's been slow dealing with injuries and stuff like that, but Eric's a tough dude, you know, and I can't wait to see what happens. Dion, what do you like to do uh, in your downtime? Um, I pretty much just hang out, man. I hang out, and I, I spend a lot of time taking care of my body, man. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And hanging out with my dog, uh, my nice little English bulldog, Mo. You know. English bulldog, Mo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is Bradley McDougal the one? Does he have English bulldogs or? I think he got like the, the smaller ones, like the okay. French. The French. He ones. said all they do is lay around and fart hey. all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. He did say that. Am I right? Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's an acquired smell. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we heard is that, uh, like, uh, well, I think it was Jermaine Effetti. We ask guys, like, what do you do off the field? Well, you're doing plenty because you're out playing and you're mm-hmm. working out and everything. But Jermaine goes, there's a r- lot of really good television shows right now. Oh, yeah. 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 You, got, you got a favorite that you watch? Um, 911. That's actually one of my favorite shows. It just came back on. Yeah. You know, that's probably the one that I'm into at the moment. Okay. And other than that, you're looking at uh, football film, right? Football, man, and trying to find some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you sleep a day? What do you need? Uh, I, I try to get my eight hours, you know. I try to get my, my seven, eight hours in. Uh, you know, that's it. Try can, to stay on schedule. Can you sleep on the plane? I cannot. I cannot. I it's can't just, either, man. Yeah. <laughs> like a baby. You do? Well, if I get, if, as soon as I start reading, I always take a book. Where nowadays it's an iPad. Yeah. I, I'm one or two pages into it, and I'm, I'm gone. Excuse. I wish somebody would just hit me in the head with a hammer. I, I volunteer. Would you do that? I would. See, this is how good of a friend he is. Yeah, he's I, he is. I, he yeah. was younger than me when he was a rookie. I was abusive to him. Oh, yeah, man. he was a jerk. He really <laughs> no, was. He was not a nice guy at all. He was nice Yeah, he's you know, screaming and duties, Rookie duties, you know. Yeah. Ask you a question there. I mean, Northern California kid, go down to Arizona. Now, Oregon, now you're here. Yeah. Is, is this home? I mean, do you love the Northwest? Or I is do. It? I really do. I really love the Northwest. Uh, it's something about the place. You know, I, 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 I played down in uh oregon for five years and uh it just grew on me it just grew on me it's it's peaceful here to me that's and i love it that way so. yeah well and you you said you wanted to get out of the heat because yeah. i lived down in scottsdale for oh man two or three years and 
you know, you go through a summer there, man. It's yeah, it's, it's different, man. It's different. You know, we had to play football down there. And oh, <laughs> I know. Like yeah, I can imagine. You know, going <laughs> to camp and stuff like that. Well, another kind of random question: Oregon. I feel like that program really took off once Phil Knight injected a lot of money into like all of the uniforms and the jerseys and all the different things. Hey. Is that a is that a big deal to the I say young this, guys? I say this all the time, and I and I used to tell my teammates this as well i used to tell my teammates because of who we are and the way we look we have a target on our back every week so it doesn't matter who who's in the uniform i mean what's your wearing who's in the uniform and we had we had a lot of guys um who were just like four three-star type recruits you know we didn't have too many big big names you know we we had the michael james you know and a handful of those dudes, but everybody else who was doing the rest of the work, you know, that we weren't those dudes. But uh, we found a way to put it together and come out with wins, and that's a lot of fun when you win a, win a and, ball. And game. it's not just the uniforms. I mean, they're facilities, and it's a beautiful stadium. You get a sunny day there, you know, in September, October. I mean, the way they tailgate it. I've been to a few games there, you know, when they yeah. played SE and a few. I got one of my best friends as an alumni there. And it is—it's a great experience. So I, I get it. Even though you know, being a Sun Devil, I'm yeah. still a little miffed how you got away from the Sun Devils. But it was a good choice by your. Well, the Huskies up here—they—they they really hate Oregon. Do you, oh. guys hate, do you hate Washington as much you as them? No. I, I do. I definitely do. You know, but I was a part of this streak that you know I just don't bring up much. You know, mainly because I'm outnumbered. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, the guy we're getting ready to talk to next, Danny O'Neill, my radio partner. Yeah, he's a Husky guy. And he can't stand Oregon. And I'm like, what's your problem, man? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's because of the beating they've taken over yeah. the last 15 <laughs> years. Because look, when I was there, Oregon Oregon State were, you know, they, they, they weren't good. And then they flipped it around. And it's like anything. Once somebody becomes good, because mm-hmm. University of Washington never hated Oregon until yeah, they that whooping. Yeah, and now it's it's a great rivalry, you know, like Washington State for them. So, thanks yeah. for thanks for making that happen because yeah. uh, not all of us are Huskies out here. There we go. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, Oregon, the uniforms they used to have were really pathetic when we yeah. played. Yeah. It was like a pissed off Donald Duck on the side. Yes, it was. With the helmet. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was not intimidating at all. It was like in the middle. They had really hokey green and yellow. Colors. It was a real green. See, yeah, the, the players got to make it all look good. See? Yeah, that's uh, a, that helps too. You could probably because they didn't have any good. back then. Yeah. They, they do now. Hey, buddy, we really appreciate you being here yes. and yeah. uh, coming out here tonight. I know how how hard you work, and you got a great story and just continued success. And let's take this team to the playoffs, Dion. Yeah, proud of you, man. Keep it here for Dion Jordan. Yeah. All right, coming up next, as mentioned, we will talk to my radio wife danny o'neill from danny dave and more that's next on hawks live hawks live at pearl seafood and oyster bar in bellevue's lincoln square brought to you by heritage distilling's batch number 12 vodka and legendary donuts on 710 espn seattle welcome back to hawks live we're live from pearl seafood and oyster bar i want to thank our awesome sponsors, Heritage Distillings Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts. And really want to thank Dion Jordan for coming out. It's awesome. And he, what a great guy. Just an awesome, enormous great guy. person. Yep. And uh, whenever I see guys like that, Paul, I think, man, I'm glad I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. Well, That's we, not true. We, we That's not true, a- actually. I would get pummeled by him. 
you would, you would, you minimum would, salary. You'd cast a check. Yeah. Minimum salary is pretty good. But we took a picture with him. He is tall. Yeah, he's a big or dude. We, or you and I are shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's definitely happening. One of the happening. Two. And then uh, and you know who else is shrinking? Danny. Danny O'Neill. Danny O'Neill looks fantastic. He's, he's half the man yeah, he used to be. He's a very healthy man, which annoys me because I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> Danny, how are you doing? You I'm had a doing... nice little walk down there, right? I did. I did. It's, it's a little brisk out tonight. We've got a little November chill, but it's football weather. This is the time when season starts to turn and it starts to mean something on the field. I saw he brought up football chill. He probably talking about Pac-12 championship, UW. I mean, Ready for yeah, that we... to go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get the Utes tomorrow night. That's okay, so you won't be salty because Dion Jordan was talking about Dion Jordan, of course, being an Oregon duck, and I know how much you hate. Do you know this? Danny did a whole thing with the Oregon hillbillies, compared them to the Beverly hillbillies, and the whole thing. They just, he just can't stand the Oregon. So ducks. those four duck fans who listen to your show are no longer listening. That's right. correct, but they go. they actually weren't able to afford radios to begin with, oh. so they were just borrowing them from somebody. You know, I bet you you wouldn't say that to Dion Jordan's face. Yeah, I might. Would you? I might. Then I'd tell him I'm joking and that he probably never lost to Washington, which I don't think he did. No, he, he would turn you into a human hand puppet is what he would do. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. He is. Yeah. It, it, when you line up guys, if you wanted your team getting off the bus to, to look intimidating, he would be one yeah. of the guys you chose. Yeah, we, we talked about that already. Yeah, he's I said, my coin flipper. I said if I put Paul on my shoulder, yes. maybe we could look intimidating. Uh, Danny, what do you think? Okay, so let's talk a little bit. We, we've beaten this to death this week. But uh, with Sherman, and kind of put it in perspective, because, you know, Richard Sherman took some shots on the way out. You can understand that, look, he's, you know, he got caught, and it didn't end well for him. I'll say this. It rarely ends well for a player. Rarely. And, you know, John Elway is probably the only one I can think of that really went out on top on his own volition and, you know, really having won a couple of Super Bowls. But it's it ends badly usually. But don't you think that like 10, 15 years from now, Sherm's going to come back, there's going to be fond memories, and everybody here in Seattle is going to be embracing him? Yes. And I think that, that Sherm will talk about how much it meant to him and what he was able to achieve. and. It, it's there's going to be some time between here and here and then, and I think even you you heard a little bit today where he was talking about his feelings for Pete Carroll. Uh, Richard Sherman was, and look, I don't think I, I don't think that there's any sort of lasting damage that that's that's been done. He's a part of this franchise's history. He was a part of a, a, an integral part of the te- the first team to win a Super Bowl. He had, in my mind, the most important play in Seahawks history, the tip that got them to that Super Bowl, and really just an unforgettable moment. And this will be something we look back on. I'm excited to see what happens on Sunday because you never – the emotions that that the fans, that the players feel in these moments – you can never really quite predict them. And I'll be be very interested to see what happens. I know know Sherman well enough – to, to know that he wants to have the last word, and this is his first chance at getting the last word. Yeah, boy, after watching last week's game with him, uh, he may get a word, but it won't be the last word. Um, and I, so I'm going to ask you this. With them being 2-9, and nine, compared to, let's say, them being 9-2, and two, is, is that better? You know, with him coming back, I, look, by no means is this a gimme game. You know, if, if there's no turnovers in this game, it's going to be tight. Um, how do you think that's – is it better, worse with Richard coming back with because they're struggling? 
Well, it's definitely worse for him. He would much prefer to have Jimmy Garoppolo starting at quarterback and the 49ers to be three games up on the Seahawks, and he could talk about what it's like to to play for a team with a quarterback like Garoppolo. I, you know he, he'd like that, but it wouldn't it, – it, it's not going to salvage a season, but, man, he would love to play the role of spoiler. If if he was able – and I, I do think this 49ers team is is more competitive than the other two and nine teams in, in this league – They've they've been in games that they've let go late. They they were leading the Packers on the road in Green Bay. It's not a pushover team even without their quarterback. And and I know that Richard the prospect of him being able to spoil Seattle's playoff run that would be delicious to him. Hey Danny, I don't know about you, but this game tonight encouraged me because. The Dallas Cowboys won 13 to 10 over the New Orleans Saints. First of all, the Saints looked totally unbeatable because the first game they lost, it was the first game of the year. They lost at home to Tampa, which was just weird because Tampa is is not a, a great team by any stretch. But then also the Seahawks have the head-to-head against Dallas, and it just seems like things are starting to line up. I don't know. I'm starting to get, you know, we've kind of compared this to 2012, Russell's rookie year, and uh, it's starting to feel like uh, maybe this is a team that something special is going to happen to, the Seahawks. You look at their five losses, and they have come to an impressive list of opponents. The, the least impressive would be Denver, which is five and six, but by a lot of different statistical measurement tools that, that some of the analytics people use, it's actually a, a very, very competitive, pretty effective team by, by those, th- those measurements. And then two games where they've been right there with the Rams and, and losses to the Chargers as well as the Bears. It, it's Seattle's losses, and they've been in competitive in all of them, have come to to pretty well regarded opponents, and and I'll be interested. There's so much talk about the changing nature of the league and these offenses and the Rams, the greatest show on surf, and the Saints being a. They're actually the best. And Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if the formula for winning a Super Bowl changes because the thing about those high powered offenses mm-hmm. is it just takes one bad game in the postseason. It just well, takes. Takes one one game where a defense schemes you well or is able to get pass pressure up the middle, and I, I think that's what we saw tonight. Is that Dallas yeah. Dallas really affected, or I'm sorry, that, that yeah Dallas really affected Drew Brees. Demarcus Lawrence is a monster. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I go. This is a perfect example. Is that you get a defense with a great game plan. You know, you, you better have a defense back as well. Though I do think New Orleans does, and I still think they're. Probably the best team, but boy, if they don't have home field advantage, that makes it tougher. Let me, let me flip to Russell Wilson. Is, is it time to finally retire the narrative that Russell Wilson has to have a great defense to win? Do you, do you think nationally, finally, he's getting his due? Because he is probably the most efficient quarterback this year. The most efficient. I know Drew Brees having a phenomenal year, but percent of touchdowns per throw Russell's behind uh, Patrick Mahomes but Patrick's thrown more interceptions uh, just just your thoughts on that yeah I, I think you're exactly right Paul that that idea and and I would say that I think Richard Sherman's been someone who kind of adhered to the idea that the defense is what made Russell's success early on and and maybe there's some truth to that but I, I also think that it's an entirely different time and place right now and and Russell, they they did not win that game because of their defense last week. They won that game because of how Russell played in the fourth quarter. And when they face really good teams, he's going to need to have those kind of games. 
just like every other elite quarterback in the league, when their teams play a good opponent, it's going to come down to the quarterback being able to execute. And that idea of efficiency, we're seeing a lot of, of teams who have quarterbacks who are able to be incredibly effective with a high volume of throws. There's only one guy, and maybe maybe Cam Newton's in this category, because Cam's had a really good year too, who are able to be that effective without while, while taking fewer than 30 throws in a game. And Russell is certainly there. I, I was looking, we need to come up with a, a slugging percentage-like stat for receivers where you measure the impact of their catches, where it's not just yards and it's not just catches. If you look at Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett's catching almost 80% of the balls that are targeted for him. Believe it's forty-three catches. Forty-two. Oh, I was going to say forty-two yards per touchdown is his average. Yeah, and the forty-two yards per touchdown, but I think it's forty-three catches on fifty-four targets, and and he's caught eight touchdowns. Almost twenty percent of his receptions have gone for scores. It's it's remarkable, and and I think that underscores the efficiency that you're saying about Russell. That when they throw it, they throw it for big yards, and they get points out of it. I'll throw to him more. Danny, real quick, we got to run. But do you just listen to Richard Sherman today? Doesn't seem like he's a big fan of Russell Wilson. Do you think they hug at some point uh, Sunday? No. No? No, I don't, I don't see that being. They're not exchanging jerseys. No, I don't think that'll be. Maybe we'll see a handshake. But actually, if I, if I had to guess, I think there's going to be some general indifference between the two of them. Yeah. Well, I told you, Danny, and I'll tell you, Paul, I'll be booing Richard Sherman during the broadcast. I'll, I won't boo. Okay. I'm not certain. Anytime not Rabel cheering. calls his names, <laughs> I'm going to be booing. Yeah. It'll be very professional. Danny, I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Sounds good. You guys sound great. Talk to you soon. Thank there you. goes Danny O'Neill, Danny, Dave, and more. And next on Hawks Live, Paul and I will give you our final thoughts. We'll get predictions and wrap the show up. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. You're listening to Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. Again, I want to thank our, our, uh, our sponsors, Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka, Legendary Donuts, and Paul, what do you think, man? We were sitting here talking with our producer, Nasa Chobi, about the Seahawks. I, I really like them right now, especially having seen what just happened with New Orleans. Because not only Dallas beats New Orleans at, at home 13-10, to 10, and it, it not only shows you that they can, be, they can be had. New Orleans can be stopped. These offenses that are going down, up and down the field, I mean, there's... There's a solution, and it always happens every year. You know, somebody figures it out. And I don't want to say that they solved the puzzle because New Orleans is still really good, but they were able to get a win. And then the other thing that's encouraging about that is this, the Dallas Cowboys are 7-5, and five, but the Seahawks have a head-to-head victory against Dallas. Yeah, that won't help if they win their division. I mean, I was kind of hoping they win the, the or play more. Yeah, the NFC East is pretty weak. So you're, you're kind of hoping Philadelphia catches them. They're, they're five and six. You know, they would be a game back if they win this weekend. Look, at the end of the day, we just got to take care of our own business. You know, we, we've got four games that are absolutely winnable. They're absolutely well. I mean, the four, we got the four games at home. The Kansas City one's tough, but we got one on the road against San Francisco. So to me, there's four games that are winnable. And the Kansas City game, I don't want to look that far down the road. To me, that's the game that says, 
are we legit playoff Super Bowl contenders? Because right. I think we're going to get to the playoffs. We're playing well. This is going to be a tough game. I, I'm letting you know. They have players. They've lost so much. They've drafted high. They've got skilled players, particularly on the defensive line. They stop the run pretty well. They run the ball well. I want to say they're eighth at rushing the football. Yep. Uh, Breed is averaging over five yards per carry. They got one big problem. They, they got a turnover problem, and they don't force them on defense. And they got a quarterback problem. Other than the guy's name, Nick Mullen, mm-hmm. other than the Nick part, which is my son's name, there's not much that's redeeming about him. You know, you, he, you like the first name. That's it. The that's all. That's all we got. <laughs> I, I just, I think it's going to be a tough game. I hope we get some turnovers. I hope Sherman's so overhyped we run some double moves and beat him deep. But it, you know, plan on this going into the fourth quarter and being another one of those that you know, final drive we probably win it. Yeah, Sherman didn't have a lot of great things to say, and I. You know, look, I understand you get hurt in the NFL. It'll all be repaired later on. But uh, I really would love to see Russell Wilson torch him a little bit, maybe maybe get him humbled a little bit. But, yeah. you know, 10 years from now, like I said, we'll all be good. But uh, the thing that worries me is, you mentioned it, they do have the number eight running game. And Matt Breida, who a lot of people hadn't heard from of, he's Georgia Southern. I think he's a free agent down there. He's in his second season. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry, which is nearly the best in the NFL. That exactly matches the average of what the Seahawks are giving up per rush, 5.8 yards per rush. And we saw it last week. Christian McCaffrey, there was one play where it looked like he just took the handoff and just went straight. There was was nobody there. That, That concerns me. I've been saying this for a while, Paul, that that is an easy fix because it's about assignment, but... If we're still saying that this late, is it an easy fix? No, I don't think it is. I, you said we're this far down the road. We are who we are. Um, there's a lot still mistakes. It, certainly having KJ right back in a few weeks could help with that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is just the way offenses are run today and the way they spread you out, again, with that fly sweep. Uh, the one thing I saw with San Francisco, they do some tosses. They're trying to get out wide. Yeah. I think that's a strength of ours rather than trying to play the traps and the fly sweep and the zone re- or the read options, all that stuff. We're not going to see read option this week. Right. Right? I mean, that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be a simpler offense for us to deal with. What's the challenge is they got a huge offensive line who's very good at running the football. If we can get the lead and force them to throw it, they don't protect very well. They got a quarterback who's inconsistent. They don't have a lot of speed. I don't think if, if Goodwin's not playing. Uh, Dante Pettis had a good game last week, but he's a he's more of a possession receiver. It's a game we should win. There's no question about it. But you know we got to play it on Sunday. You know another thing that was really encouraging, and today we got a chance to talk to Jermaine Effetti. Talk about a large human being. Yes, but, he is. Man, he's played really well. Yes. And, uh, and you know, the first couple games, I think, were tough for him. But it's nice to see that the offensive line couldn't get it done running the ball. They got, they got stuffed. And, you know, I, I thought that Carolina executed really well, their front seven, and, and just got wins. And that's why they only got 75 yards rushing. But they were able to protect Russell pretty well i mean you know two sacks i thought it was one of the best those two sacks by the way came one was a stunt fluker actually messed up on a, a stunt they brought the linebacker around his side he didn't see it um there's another one where they they blitzed a guy off the edge uh fetty and the guard kind of messed up and so it wasn't a physical thing we protected exceptional if you are going to stop our run then be prepared to give up 335 yards and a couple touchdowns in the air 
Russell Wilson's feeling it right now. He is throwing in tight windows. I think the receivers are feeling it. We got some big play or explosive play capability in the passing game. Do you want to do a prediction real quick? Sure. What, what kind of what kind of game? You th- I think it's going to be a ten point point win by the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to blow them out by three no. touchdowns or anything. But what do you think? Yeah, I think we're up three in the fourth quarter. We score a late touchdown to go up by ten. I'll, I'll go yeah. with that one. Both teams like to run it. If, if the game is close, it's going to be tough because they're going to run the football, right? Yeah. And, and if they can run it. Uh, possessions get less, it'll be a tough game. We get the lead and force them to throw it. We can get some turnovers. Maybe it becomes more of a double-digit win. Well, Paul, I'll see you on Sunday doing the pregame Will show. You? Yeah, I'll be out at the stadium, all and right, uh, we'll see, see all of you guys next Thursday here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. And uh, I want to thank you guys for coming. I want to thank Dion Jordan, the Professor John Clayton, Danny O'Neill, and special thanks to our producer, Curtis Rogers, our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, Promotions manager Jessica Kelly, our awesome street team, Brian Schoening on the board, and Nasachobi, wow. our executive producer. Thanks for coming to Hawks Live. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks!